So a little bit of a backstory for it. I was running SAG for Lori and Teresa while they were doing the Crusher 100. Um, and I had a fair bit of time sitting in the car because it was kind of a rainy day, so I didn't want to get out and do anything. But had a fair bit of time to sit in the car thinking about a lot of things and decided that I wanted to do some sort of bad idea that was would be a tribute. And just sitting there thinking, like, we always wanted to ride junker bikes somewhere, just just for fun. We'd, you know, we'd send each other videos of people trying to ride junker bikes on, <laughs> on, um, on real courses. And we're like, we could do better than that. I'm sure we could make these things last. And uh, it just sort of struck me while I was sitting up in the UP because we'd ridden, Brett and I had ridden a number of times together up there. So, you know, I don't want to say I was having a hard day, but definitely hard times while sitting up there. And it was one of those things that just sort of hits you and like, yes, this is the, the right idea, the right thing to do. I'm going to do it. KOM Cycling and Michigan Midpack Media, welcome to the Dirty Chain Podcast, the podcast that covers the cycling scene from the viewpoint of the Michigan Midpack. I am your host, Trevor, and on this episode, joining me is our resident bad decision ambassador and uh, frequenter of the podcast, Mr. Mitch DeYoung. Hello, Mitch. Hey, Trevor. How are we doing today? We are doing well. Excited to be on again. Well, thank you for uh, uh, helping me out and joining you had quite the adventure not too long ago, which I want to get into um, and talk about. Um, quite the adventure, aptly named Lumber Junk. I think we will talk about that name and the adventure itself in a little bit. But um, it's been a while since you've been on the podcast, Mitch, and so I thought maybe we could kind of uh, see what you've been up to lately. I know that. Um, don't mean to interrupt, but <laughs> I know that uh, you had a successful Margie Gessick run recently. Yeah, definitely did. Had a great time. Went up, um, came in at 12 hours and 48 minutes, Oof. I think, which uh, not the day I was hoping for, but I rode well. I was on. My nutrition plan was good. Stayed with my hydration. I was happy with my performance, so I can't complain by any means. I had a, a fun day. Uh, my summer training just wasn't what I was hoping it would be. Sure. But I don't a lot of people's summer wasn't what they were hoping it was going to be. Um, but all in all, I'm happy with it. And I, you know, I know I can go faster. So I'll be back. Is it safe to say that Margie Gessick is usually probably one of the A races of your season? Yeah. I'm trying to plan out next year's already. And it's one of two A races. Yeah. And it's hard to put any more than that in there. But is it's really what my training focuses towards. And it's what I really want to peak for. Yeah. And how many, how many Margies have you done now? How many have you started? I guess I'll ask that. I did uh, 2016 and I buckled. 2017, I took a rock to my back wheel and had to drop out when I hit Jackson Mine Park. 2018, I didn't go back because I said I wasn't going to go until I had a full suspension bike and I didn't have one. <laughs> didn't have one then yet. I went back you and buckled with a hardtail. I buckled with a hardtail. <laughs> oh, God. Um, Went back in 19 and did a horrible job job of uh, 
hydration. I finished, but I was in a bad state when I finished. I don't remember what my time is, but it was not good. Oh, and then man. back this year, so uh, four. Four times. Well, very cool. I mean, we've obviously, like we've talked a lot about Margie Gessick um, previous years and this year too on the podcast. So very cool to hear about. Um, well, congratulations on on your successful finish. Thank you. On, of this year. And, uh, and then... You know, good luck to next year. But um, you uh, you had mentioned that your your summer wasn't quite what um, you had planned. I know that you were expecting to be at Barry Bay, but I didn't see you there. You said that Margie kind of took a yeah. little bit out of you. <laughs> yeah. So July and August, I didn't really get to train like I was hoping to. Um, just life gets in the way sometimes, and uh, really went really hard on my training for Margie. The four weeks leading up to it and then just dug dug a really deep hole between that training and race day so when I got done I was just I was worn out burnout, out just needed a break I went and did a TNR a week and a half after Margie made it about 10 miles in it was like oh my goodness I have no legs at all I can't put out any power and I just I feel miserable so you know I'll, I'll wait and see how how I am at the end of the week uh, but the Two days before Barry was set to go, I went out and did an easy ride, and I, I couldn't put out any sustained efforts, and I figured, you know what? I'm not going to enjoy myself if I go, and I've, I've never raced Barry before. I'm one of the, one of the few people wow. <laughs> in Michigan who's never raced it, and I decided I didn't want my first experience actually racing it to be one where I just didn't enjoy the day. Yeah. I mean, I know it's going to hurt no matter what you do, but there's a difference between hurting and, hurting and liking it and just being in a bad bad mental state for it and knowing you um i feel like this is by no means a uh a put down or anything but um you're you are strong and you're competitive and um like me i would probably go too deep and do some deeper damage than was necessary (laughs) yeah that's 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 a definite possibility or i would go too deep too early and blow up and then just, you know, race is and done 50 40 miles, miles in. Yeah. <laughs> like, now what do I do? Because I wouldn't have a way to get back. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> just wait for the wagon to come pick yep. you up or something. <laughs> and that, that just didn't sound like fun. Yeah. Yeah, so, I've been kind of on like a um, kind of a, a, a end of season lag or, or whatever after Barry. Um, I, uh, Barry was great, but I haven't really done too much since then. A couple of rides here and there. But one thing I did do that I wanted to talk about is a couple weeks ago, I went to the Miska state championships and um, yeah. I did not race. I tried. They wouldn't let me. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently you have to be in high school yeah. or something. I don't so know. Miska, the Michigan uh, uh, Scholastic Cycling Association, um, it's not just high school. It's like elementary school all the way up. And uh, they had their state championship um, end of the year uh, race in Cannonsburg. Have you raced, or have you ridden Cannonsburg yeah, before? Yeah, I've ridden there a few times and raced there once a number of Man, years I've ago. I've never been there. I've never been there skiing. I've never been there riding. Um, I'm a, a terrible Michigan rider, <laughs> I guess, but, uh, it, I, man, I loved it. First of all, what an event it felt. It felt because it was like a legit race. They had cool like finish shoots and start shoots and uh miska's got their stuff going on man. yeah it's, it's it was really cool and all these team tents were up and to see all the the kids riding around with bikes that were 
way more expensive than I could afford. <laughs> but uh, they were pumped. All of these um, young people were so pumped about riding and racing. And it just, I mean, it was kind of inspiring to see all of them be so excited about about racing and all different levels. I mean, you had these, uh, I was joking about expensive bikes. Yeah, you had your kids on really expensive bikes, but then you also had um, a lot of beginner riders, even in the high school group, and then a lot of beginner riders and the younger kids. So it was it was fun. I watched a couple of the races go off. I got there a little late. I didn't see the the varsity um, group start and finish, but um, it was it was a lot of fun. Yeah, they do a great job putting on the series for uh, for anyone who really wants to get in, and they make it very accessible, which is great. And it's it's a great way to get kids into the sport, even if it's just to get them out there and ride on the trail and see that they can go out and have fun. Are you? I know that your sons are involved in the CYC. Yes, and um, that's not really a, a a racing thing necessarily, but it is kind of our local. Um, capital city lansing area youth cycling uh club i yeah. guess yeah so how, how old are your sons uh they are 10 and 7 okay i believe cyc you can be five or six it might even be younger um and it kind of goes up through the middle school yeah. age group um i don't i know they have plans to expand it a little bit and make it more make more room. Um, they are looking for volunteer coaches. So if anybody <laughs> wants to coach next year, I'm sure you would be much appreciated. I feel like CYC is a, another, uh, podcast episode theme, um, down the line. Uh, but I, I feel like a lot of the, these clubs that were there that day at, at the Miska state championships, um, kind of started like CYC, mm-hmm. um, just, a. a youth cycling club and then developed into well now that they're in high school what are we going to do let's start a race team um anyways cool cool event um i think though the week before that you had put together quite the bad decision ride and um i don't i think we've talked about your bad decision rides in the past a little bit but um let's I want to get into the origin of the the bad decision ride, this one specifically, um, in a bit. But let's first just say, will you explain to us what uh, this ride was? Lumber Junk. (laughs) You heard (laughs) us right. Lumber Junk um, 2021. Just, uh, just uh, the nuts and bolts, literally (laughs) losing nuts and bolts. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) definitely. Uh, So the idea was pretty simple. Um, we could somehow come up or purchase or find, it was all up to the individual, what we considered a junker bike. So a bike that was not of like bike shop quality. We put a, a price limit out there that was kind of a rough, you know, try to keep it 150, 175 bucks or, or less. So make sure you're not spending a whole bunch of money. I mean, I realize that's not no money, but these are bikes that we were hoping were still going to be usable when we were done. Um, so get these bikes and we went up to Big M, which is where they, they host the Lumberjack 100. And what we wanted to do was see how far we could make these bikes actually last. Um, the goal was not to set out to destroy them by any means. We just want to see how far we could go with them. Um, (laughs) uh, and then got a little ways into planning and I decided that maybe there should be a reason for this too, not just for us to be 
be goofy out in the woods, but um, came up with the idea of making this a fundraiser for the Brett Miller Memorial Fund. Uh, just reached out to some people and said, hey, is anyone willing to you know make a donation and we'll send you some pictures when we're done? Or you can pledge per mile how far we, you know, per mile we ride. Uh, just to kind of get it out there that we're doing this and we're doing this for a cause, but we're going to have have fun while we're doing it because it's um, going back a few years. It's something that Brett and I had joked about doing numerous times. Like we should just get some cheap bikes and go out and do something goofy with them. But unfortunately we, we never had the chance. So I thought it would be a, a fitting way to have a fundraiser for his memorial. Yeah, definitely. Um, and I'll, I'll get to the fundraiser in a second, but I, you, you jumped by like past a lot of things. And so I want to make sure that it wasn't lost on anyone. It's on, it was, uh, it took place Big M, where Lumberjack takes place, and so you kind of stole the probably. Um, there, there might be a, there's there might be a legal battle still happening, but <laughs> no, you you borrowed. We're losing badly. No, <laughs> the, the you borrowed the Lumberjack name and uh, changed it up for Lumberjunk, which I just thought was brilliant. <laughs> we checked in first and made sure it was okay before we did anything with it. And so the idea, and I think because I was on a. Uh, text thread that you you all were on and um the idea wasn't it to say like i feel like you wanted to ride 100 miles that was my original goal <laughs> i really did want to make these things go 100 miles i wanted originally we wanted to do the actual lumberjack 100 course and then i started looking into the course and realized that you have to spend so much time going backwards on the trails and it's really not easy to follow unless it's marked okay and we didn't want to go out there and mark a 30 mile course and then the uh, the the bad thought hit. What's what happens if we're as far away from the trailhead as we could be, and a bike breaks? So you're gonna walk your bike back fifteen ish miles, oh, which God. is gonna take all day. And I realize there are some shortcuts out there, but most of us don't know them. Yeah. So we're just like, that's that sounds like a that's beyond bad idea. That's just. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Were there were there some people that we're riding up there for the first time and just in the area. Um, Tristan was riding with us and I believe it's the first time he's been mountain biking. <laughs> <laughs> so, so not a first, not yeah, a great Tristan first experience. Smith. He had, um, Joe Cantwell rode with us and he, I know he's not ridden there before. Okay. That's what I was so, wondering yeah. if Joe had run, ridden over there. Um, so you created a, a fresh route. Um, so we, like lumberjack is like a 30 some, yeah, thirty three point three three three, whatever. There's also a, a cross country race there every year, and that's a an eight and a half mile loop. And we basically used that loop, but added on another little section okay. uh, to get another climb into it because we should have to climb more than what's really necessary. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> those what, bikes didn't climb. Speaking of by the climbing, way. Did, were they like what kind of gearing? And now, now I'm kind of getting into <clears throat> oh. the weeds here, but. Uh, it was a triple front. I was wondering I if it was a triple. Yeah, that's 20, what I was hoping it was. 22, 30, 4, 4, yeah, 44 maybe, something like that. And in the back, it was 11, maybe like 36. It was not I, not enough gear. I feel like I, I, I hope I'm remembering this correctly, but were there grip shifts? Yes. Yes! <laughs> there were grip shifts, and they... Worked okay, <laughs> kind of, not really. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, so, so you did like, was it about a 10 mile? It was nine and a half miles. Okay. When we actually did the actual course, we all kind of made a couple wrong turns on the first, first lap. Uh -huh. A few people went up the fire tower climb. If you've not done it, you should. It's 
basically just a big sand Which, that you climb hill. up, right? Yeah, but you have to push your bike. Even mm-hmm. during on race day, you have to push your yeah. bike up. Was it just go up fire tower and then back down it? So um, I thought we were going to go up it and then take a fire road down, but I messed up when I did my route planning and it actually didn't go up it. So so we went up it and half the guys went the gravel road down and around. Uh, that's a good, it, that's that's a great it is a gravel great descent. R- descent to just rip it's, down it's it. It's fast, yeah. yeah. And then they ended up back on the trail. I went up it, realized it wasn't on course, went back down it, um, which was sketchy because the the head angle on that thing is so steep that it wants to throw you over the bars when you're going on a flat trail and then <laughs> trying to go downhill was even worse um i know chad and nicole ended up kind of going out and around somehow they went up it back down it and then i think they went up the gravel road uh-huh. and back down fire tower climb again Oh, <laughs> back. so they made like a loop on the loop. Okay, and then got back on course. Let's um, let's talk about bikes again, or or, or I guess yeah, or for the first time. Um, what was your steed of choice? <laughs> My steed, I wouldn't call it of choice, but the, <laughs> but the steed that I had was a Hyper Havoc, which is a Walmart special. It mm. is a full suspension. It has roughly twenty millimeters of movement in the rear. That's, that's a guess. I don't know what it really is. Um, and it has a front fork that moves whenever it wants to. <laughs> um, 24 speed drivetrain Shimano. Okay. I don't know what model of Shimano, but it wasn't a named one. Um, 26 inch tires. And uh, it, every time you pedaled, it would bounce and then bounce three more times. <laughs> <laughs> you hit a bump and it would bounce three more times. You just kind of like bounce on it. Brand new though, brand new, brand new out of the box. Yep. Yeah, and um, and that was kind of a, <clears throat> I being a, a part of some of the pre conversation to this, I had seen that you guys were kind of talking back and forth and saying, hey, this Walmart has three of them, or this one has has one available. So a few of you were riding the same bike, right? Yeah, Chad, Dustin, and I were all on the same bike, and then Joe ended up with a bike that was. Almost identical. We looked at him when we got him there, and his had a 21-speed drivetrain instead of 24. Okay. And there were some minor differences in the frame, but for all intents and purposes, they were the same bike. And then um, and you said Tristan kind of had like a... He didn't really... He had an old bike that was a little better quality than ours, but it was running like a... Um, but it was like a Schwinn, right? Yeah. So it wasn't great. It was old. It was not in but great it still shape. Was, but it had... Um, but the quality like, was probably way better than the, your Havoc whatever. The, uh, yeah, the quality was definitely better. His tires were not better, though, because he had like a cruiser tire. Oh. So there were no traction. <laughs> we actually had tires that looked like mountain bike tires. That's amazing. So, yeah. okay, let's talk about then the... And another guy showed up on a beach cruiser. I thought I saw that. Yes. Uh, wait, I think Chad told me it was, uh, he had a coaster break. Yes, he did. <laughs> it just won just the back and it was, yeah, I've watched him. He came down fire tower, climb behind me with that. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely hilarious. Cause he's just, he has it locked up and he slides a few feet and lets off a little bit and rolls a foot or two and locks it back up. Man, that's amazing. Yeah, sketchy for sure. <laughs> so, uh, you guys get there, um, you kind of made a cool event of it. Some of you went up the night before, camped out. Yep. Um, and there were eight of you that kind of, that participated. Six, six of you. 
me, Dustin, Chad, Joe, Tristan, Mike. He was the guy on the beach cruiser. Mm-hmm. And then other people that were there. I know Nicole, Matt, Jameson, Sebastian, and Mackenzie. But they were riding regular bikes when they were riding. Sure, yeah. Which, I mean, you kind of opened that up. When you made yeah. it When you made it into like a... Yep. Um, we just want people to come up and have fun. Yes, correct, yeah. So whether you had a junker or not. Um, but in terms of junkers, it sounded like like the handful of you um and then uh do you all did you start like online and say like three two one go or did you just kind of let your (laughs) we went up under the pavilion and got a picture and then we're like all right everybody ready and then just rolled out kind of easy no i I did a write-up and joke that we rolled out and we're flying around the trail as fast as we could go but (laughs) it turns out as fast as we could go is like eight miles an hour where you should be doing 16 or 18 (laughs) so um how how was your first lap? Well, my first lap was an adventure, um, <laughs> for sure. We we started off just, I mean, just having a great time, laughing and joking and cruising along. We get to the first climb at one point six seven miles. Okay. At one point six eight miles, my chain explodes. <laughs> And no, I wasn't trying to shift while climbing. No, I wasn't trying to put out a whole bunch of power or anything. It just all of a sudden just, I heard my, I heard it made a weird sound. And then my pedals were spinning easy. I'm like, oh man, I dropped my chain. How did I drop my chain? And I looked down and it's broken. There is no chain. No, no chain. (laughs) No, it was still there. It was just not on half of it. And it was, yeah, it's broken half. So I stopped and Chad came back and helped me. Uh, We put it back together because it's one of the old ones where you have to press the pins in and it's such a pain to get him to work again yeah there's properly. no uh there's no quick link or no. anything <laughs> so we got to put back together and i took off i'm like all right i have to be even more careful of this thing because is it just like do they just put like really cheap chains on the on these bikes yeah they, yeah i don't i tried to find a brand name on it and i couldn't uh-huh. it's definitely not anything you know if i were to well my plan is to to make the bike usable again for next year and i'll put on like a just a cheap shimano or kmc chain yeah. that i know will last does that are... void does that make you um you know not in the running for the junker because if you if you start you know it's like the the old thing like there's an old ship and if you keep taking parts off the ship and put new parts on it and then at the end when it's a brand new ship like is it still the old ship you know that yeah. proverb or whatever we have to be within reason okay i think i mean you can't I'm, like change I'm the not frame an, out or... no i'm not gonna put an xt chain or something on there but it's still an eight speed and you can only find yeah. you know so much out there for that but just just something so the chain isn't gonna break every time i do anything mm-hmm. what were um, um what were some of the other um contenders <laughs> uh uh <clears throat> mechanicals because i i heard there were a few well uh dustin had his chain explode twice so he, he <laughs> i like how it's it, i it like how break. it's not they don't no, break they're not they breaking they explode <laughs> we have to make it a little fantastic because it makes it more fun uh, <laughs> no uh he he broke his chain again not doing anything crazy not not doing weird shifts or anything it just broke and he stopped fixed it rode another tenth of a mile and it didn't break in one place it broke in multiple and sent chunks flying into the woods oh my gosh so he couldn't fix it and he was done Uh, i made it another six miles and then i don't even know how it happened i was coasting downhill and all of a sudden i just hear this loud bang 
what in the world? And then uh, <laughs> as the derailleur, which is now flopping around, hit and gets stuck in the spokes. Oh, no. It's no longer attached to the bike, so my derailleur broke off. <laughs> um, that, that was basically the end of my day. And then Mike, his pedal fell apart. So he had no more like pr- platform. He just had a small metal like a spindle. spindle sticking out. <laughs> and he tried to ride it for a while, but it was just digging into his foot. And he uh, just said, this is a bad idea. So I'm just going to call it a day on this. Those are really the only three. Really? Three, yeah. Oh, man. Chad, Joe, and Tristan all made it the entire time with no, no issues. No. I mean, they had to adjust their brakes a few times. Yeah. But... No chains, no. I'm trying to think. No, no flat tires. Nothing. Their bikes made it the whole time. Yeah, I bet that. But those weren't those tires like really hard rubber. Yes, like, I don't think you could have flatted. You know, I kind of expected them to flat constantly because yeah. they have no protection in them. But the the trail there is just in such good shape. There's not really anything to yeah, pierce not, them. There's yeah. no thorns. There's no rocks to speak of. There are some roots, but yeah. roots don't usually cause an issue we did put a lot of pressure in them so we didn't pinch flat on the roots yeah but that was that was about it um i couldn't imagine a a more like a a better (laughs) it's the beginning sounded like exactly what i would have hoped (laughs) would have happened is just like bikes falling apart immediately um i'm glad that uh I'm glad to hear that there weren't any like injuries because of the, uh, I know Tristan did fall and kind of hurt himself a little bit, but, um, he bruised himself up a little yeah. bit. Nothing, nothing serious. Yeah. But I'm glad to hear that there wasn't anything because when you, when you have a bad idea, I mean, sometimes that can turn into a really bad idea, mm-hmm. but I'm glad it wasn't a, a, that bad of an idea. Now I did, I was talking to Chad, even though he didn't mechanical, he said that he got a few laps in and just couldn't imagine riding that bike any further. Oh, they were nothing like efficient. So after my bike broke, I had brought my regular bike up and I was I did a lap with Chad. I rode behind him. And anytime we got to anything even close to a hill, he probably had to put out twice as much power as <laughs> I did to climb up. So I was sitting behind him, just pedaling along, cruising, and he's there trying to be careful with the chain and trying to be careful with the shifting, but putting out as much power as he can to keep the bike moving and not break it, but just working so much harder than I was working. Even on the flats, they just, they didn't roll well. The bearings are just, you know, they're not, they're not good quality bearings. Yeah. Um, the 26 inch tires just don't roll as easily as 29ers over stuff. I'm sure there are people who will, will say I'm wrong, but, uh, in this situation, that was not the case. I, think it's I rode pro- both. I think that's <clears throat> proven <is>. correct. <laughs> it is. <laughs> There's still some diehard 26 er people out there. I'm sure. Yeah, but yeah, they just they weren't efficient, and anytime you tried to pedal, the bike would bob something horrible. Yeah, uh, the front fork was it basically was a spring in there, and the spring just bounced all over the place. Um, <laughs> it reminds me of uh, Jeff Kabush did this thing uh, not too long ago, where he went down Repack Hill in uh, Marin County, where uh, like where Gary Fisher and all those dudes kind of invented mountain biking. And so yes. there was this descent that they would time themselves going down on these clunker bikes. There's a pretty cool uh, 
documentary on Amazon you can watch. It's yeah. like from 1991 or something or 1989. Um, but yeah, so like recently, Kabush went down with a modern bike and had a hard time to match the same times as these guys on these clunker bikes, which just like listening to this story that you guys are telling, like, I can't believe uh, that some of these guys rode these, you know, in the early days of mountain biking, some of the junk that people <laughs> rode. <laughs> Although if you look at the frames they had, they were so overbuilt on those yeah. clunker bikes. Oh yeah, yeah. They but, would they would like weld a bunch of stuff on yeah. it. And, um, this is a de- definitely a different a different yeah. ball game. But um, <laughs> I uh, I like this idea, and some people might scoff at like, why would you buy a hundred and fifty dollar bike, a hundred and seventy five dollar bike, um, if it's just going to be for a one time thing or what a piece of junk or whatever? But we spend $150, $175 on race registrations all day long, you know? Mm-hmm. And maybe that's on a little higher end, but um, isn't it just the same thing? Like, you basically, your race registration <clears throat> bought you a crappy bike and then you rode it. Yeah, it, basically it is. And we were hoping that, and, and for the most part, these bikes will still be usable. And I know Joe had been talking about fixing his up and donating it to a charity and in town by him. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, so it's not like we're just going to get these bikes and throw them away when we're done. Uh, but yeah, yeah this is basically, you know, your race entry fee. And again, you didn't have to have a junker to come and join us for the day. It yeah. was just something that we thought sounded like a good idea, a good, <laughs> bad idea. And so we wanted to try it. So, uh, real quick. So Joe Cantwell, um, he, he had the furthest, Yes. The miles, I guess. So we did three laps and Tristan and Chad both decided that they were done riding their bikes because it was too much work. And Joe said he had one more in them. So they went out and did one more lap. I know he rode with, um, Dustin was riding his regular bike, Matt and a few other people on regular bikes went out and they did one more lap. And so he finished up with one more lap, just under 40 miles. Everyone else ended up with just under 30 miles or not everybody else. Chad and Tristan ended up with just under thirty miles. So, so Joe won. I made a I made a plaque the day before, with it's just a scrap piece of wood, an <laughs> old used chain ring, and I I bought a sticker that had a number one, and then wrote lumber junk on it. Pretty nice. <laughs> and we've decided we're gonna have to continue to use it every year. We'll just write the winner's name on the back and their distance, and and see if we can make it further next year. Yeah, I do have one great story we have to tell. No, we better. Yeah, we better. So, um, so. Dustin was riding along and he had broken his chain and he had to get back. He was five and a half miles out and he had to get back to the trailhead and there's not a great way to go. So he was, um, kind of using his bike like a strider bike. He'd sit on it and (laughs) scoot with one leg and coast for a bit and scoot with one leg. And there were a few spots where we go out by some ORV trails and he's starting to go down one and a bunch of ORVers come flying by and he is riding his junker bike that has pink tassels that blink with little led lights <laughs> um in his full spin race kit scooting this bike along just smiling having, <laughs> having a great goofy time because what else you can't take yourself seriously at this point especially scooting your bike and they go by and just kind of give him a strange look and he's like okay that's not too bad and he said maybe like 10 minutes later, they come by the other way. And he's he's still scooting along. And he's like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the weirdest look from these people. And I can I can only imagine what people are thinking is, here's this grown man scooting a bike with pink tassels. 
what in the world is going on out I here? I mean, cyclists already do, don't have the best reputation or, you know. <laughs> that's, that's Great hilarious. entertainment for them for yeah. the day. I'm Whose sure idea was the pink stories. tassels? Did you, it, did you was, just want to add some flair? or what? He just wanted to add some flair, and we all gave him a hard time because he didn't get any for us. <laughs> that's amazing. You guys had like a cool... Uh, like a couple days before, didn't you have like a bike build oh, party? Oh, we did. Uh, yeah, Dustin, Chad, and I got got together, and we spent probably two two and a half hours. I I would say putting them together, but we spent two two and a half hours hanging out, and uh-huh. we, we put bikes together while we were doing that, and it was absolutely hilarious. We probably had just about as much fun building them as we did riding them. <laughs> just goofy jokes and being, you know, being the fourteen year olds we are inside. <laughs> hey, tell me, did. Was there, um, are, do, did any of those bikes have skewers? No. Yeah, I didn't think no so. No skewers. The, uh, the quick or the, uh, the multi-tool for the day was a 15 millimeter wrench. Uh, <laughs> no, no Allen wrenches needed. <laughs> I, b- I believe the brakes did require a 10 millimeter, but the, the 15 millimeter would have been the great tool, except we had to do it right. And we just took an adjustable wrench with us. <laughs> so any trail side maintenance was an adjustable wrench. <laughs> Uh, amazing. I, I, I love it. I mean, it's, it's one of those things that, um, I mean, just like we're talking about Margie Gessick, you know, like we kind of get stuck into this like competitive, um, you know, your season has to be like, you know, we start here, we have an A race here, we do this, we do that. And, um, sometimes it's nice to grab a bunch of friends and, uh, you don't need to have the best bike. You don't need to have the best equipment. You just, need to make a great experience. And it sounds like you guys, um, had a incredible experience. I'm I'm bummed. I wasn't there. I was kind of busy for the weekend, but, um, I will have to (laughs) be sure to, to be there again. If it, if it happens, um, yeah, I just, (laughs) the story, it just cracks me up. I, (laughs) I I don't, I think I would have made it like half a lap probably. It, it was hilarious. And the, the difference between riding these bikes and when I got on my regular bike is just amazing. And I mean, it goes to show that you can get out there and you can ride anything. You don't have to have, you know, multiple thousands of dollars worth of bike. You just need a bike to go out and ride. And if you kind of treat it nice, you can get it to go somewhere. And, and Big M may not be the best place to, to take a bike like this, but mm-hmm. if we were to take them and, you know, try to do a hundred miles on a bike path, even like a crushed limestone bike path, it would still be hard but the bikes would make it just fine. Yeah. Yeah. Um, should make it just fine. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, you had mentioned that this was ultimately a a bad decision ride that, um, you wanted it to be a fundraising ride for the Brett Miller foundation. Mm -hmm. Um, Brett was kind of like your, your right hand man when it came to bad decisions, bad decision rides. Um, even this year, earlier this year, a uh, a ride you two and uh, a few others of you have attempted several times. Um, the two of you managed to finish it, uh, boarded a bridge. Yes. Um, I know like Sheldon has ha- had attempted it with the, the two of you a couple times and uh, Sebastian and Jameson and... Um, you came for a hundred miles. I came year. for a hundred, but then I had a heart out, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's, I, I, I was just thinking about that today when I knew that we were going to talk about this bad decision ride that, um, the two of you, Brett, um, and yourself had finished that, 
that border, the border of Michigan all the way up to, uh, did you just to the bridge or did you go to Sault Ste. Marie or we went into Sault Ste. Marie and rode all the way to basically it was a park at the Sioux locks. Okay. We went from one end of Michigan all the way to the other end of Michigan. So it wasn't just border to bridge. It was beyond. It was border to border. Border to border. Okay. Yes. Border to bridge. We've done twice. Okay. Uh, it was one. So the first year we did it, it was me, Brett and Sheldon or Brett, Sheldon and I, you should say it properly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and we were going just for border to bridge. And that started off as, who wants to do a double century? Well, if we're going to do a double century, we could ride to the bridge. It's only 30 more miles. Well, if we're going to ride to the bridge, we should start at the border. Yeah. And it just sort of snowballed and, sure. and happened. And we finished it. And then the next year we decided um, we should get some more people and go even further. And we got, unfortunately, rained out. And yeah. then we went back again the next year with a smaller group and got rained out again and then mm-hmm. this we'd been doing them in october which was a horrible idea it's it's cold yeah and, what why i don't it, i know we, it's like it's it's a season thing too like we uh, didn't want to miss any races yeah and, yeah and this year uh, i actually had mohican scheduled for that weekend i was mm-hmm. signed up for it ready to go and and just had this you know we should go for it it's going to be one of the longest days of the year the weather look is looking great we both have a weekend let's just go uh, so we didn't and managed to make it all the way from, I don't even know, there's a little town in Ohio, it's, it's a village or something that we start kind of at, ride there, ride into Indiana and then ride all the way up to the bridge, get a ride across the bridge and then ride through the Upper Peninsula from St. Ignace up into Sault Ste. Marie. Yeah. Yeah. 401, 402 miles. Insane. <laughs> yeah. A lot of fun. And uh, this year was you had great weather, correct? Or we got rained on for an hour, but it was seventy degrees, oh, well, so it didn't really. Yeah, yeah, it was nice. So, kind of long, long way around this, but um, so this bad decision ride, this most recent one, the lumber junk, um, was not only a way to uh, raise money for um, Brett and his family and his and his kids, but um, but also to kind of kind of a tribute to the style of riding that that Brett was known to do, and especially <laughs> with you, yeah, yeah, because we joke we did a lot of um, hundred mile races or two hundred mile events that were all just out in nowhere, having a great time, or you know, taking a super long weekend to drive down to Tennessee and do a race down in that area. And this was definitely something that would be would have been right up. The alley for our bad decision rides. Sure. So, yeah. yeah. And um, so it has to be, had to have been a little bittersweet for you, I'm, I'm guessing. I, I, I don't want to say just for you because. For everyone. For everyone there, they it was, you know, kind of leading up to it and um, during it, you know, it's, it's everyone knew it was, it was for Brett and um, he was on everyone's hearts like through the whole, the whole, yeah. every terrible pedal stroke that you guys were making i'm sure that it was it was it had to be bittersweet right? yeah so a little bit of a backstory for it i was running sag for Lori and Teresa while they were doing the crusher 100 um and i had a fair bit of time sitting in the car because it was kind of a rainy day so i didn't want to get out and do anything but I had a fair bit of time to sit in the car thinking about a lot of things and decided that i wanted to do some sort of bad idea that was would be a tribute. And it, you know, it was definitely a, a bittersweet time that 
it was hard thinking about some of the things that I wanted to do that, you know, I didn't know if I could get other people to fit it into their schedules because some of these bad idea rides take, you know, they're, they're an entire weekend plus Mm -hmm. a ton of planning. So I was like, what can I do? That would be, it would be that the kind of meaningful tribute thing that something that other people will be able to join and have fun, but at the same time use it as, as a way to remember some of the great times that all of us had had together. Cause it wasn't, you know, I didn't want it to be just about me by any means. And I wanted it to be a way that we could all celebrate all the goofy times we had yeah. playing out in the dirt and just sitting there thinking like, we always wanted to ride junker bikes somewhere just just for fun we you know we'd send each other videos of people trying to ride junker bikes on <laughs> on um on real courses and we're like we could do better than that i'm sure we could make these things last and uh, it just sort of struck me while i was sitting up in the up because we'd ridden brett and i had ridden a number of times together up there so and i don't want to say i was having a hard day but definitely hard times while sitting up there and it was one of those things that just sort of hits you and like yes this is the the right idea, the right thing to do. I'm going to do it. Yeah. And we did. Yeah. Well, it sounded like a, a success and a fun time, but also very meaningful. Um, and, and supported a, a, a good cause. And, um, and I can't think of a, a better, dumber tribute <laughs> for our friend, Brett. And, uh, I I didn't participate in it, but I feel a part of it from kind of the outside. And uh, I just want to say, you know, thank you for the work that you put into it. And, uh, you know, even how dumb and bad decision-ish it, it was, uh, <laughs> you, you put some real work and, and thought into it. So um, I, and thank you for sharing that story with us, um, the story of the... the 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 ride itself and then just the whole backstory too i mean oh, you're welcome um, thank you uh and i hope to join you this next year oh definitely yeah thanks mitch welcome the dirty chain podcast is a michigan midpack media production in partnership with kom cycling the source for your bike accessories and necessities connect with us on instagram and facebook at dirty chain podcast email dirty chain podcast at gmail.com If you are enjoying the podcast, leave us a rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen. Audio editing and original music by myself, Trevor Gibney. A huge thank you to Mitch DeYoung for sharing his incredible story, a hilarious story about lumber junk. And hey, if you're listening to this uh, when it comes out and you're heading up to Traverse City for Iceman, come see myself and the KOM booth at the Expo. Stop by, say hi. Can't wait to see you all up there. And as always, keep your chain clean, but get your chain dirty. We will see you in the mid-pack.